Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. Welcome to this edition of Feeding Frenzy. I'm Colette Acker, and today we're gonna be talking about preemies, pumping, and transitioning to breast. And we have with us Erin Straub today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. So Erin, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history and uh, what happened that led to the prematurity of your pregnancy? Um, So, Previous, so this is my second son. Um, my first son, he's three and a half, and I kind of pretty much exclusively breastfed him. Great. But with my second son, uh, there were no signs, and I just went into labor at 33 weeks. Oh, my gosh. Where were you when this happened? I was home at like 4 a.m., oh. and then um, my husband actually wanted to go to the Eagles game that day, but website wasn't working to get the tickets and I woke up and I was like did you get the tickets and he was like no it wasn't working I was like well that's good because I'm in labor and he was like what oh my gosh and then did you have like a setup of someone to care for your three-year-old yet or had you even thought about it yeah I had um actually asked my best friend like we were and we were talking about doing a practice night um her son she also has a three-year-old her son was like hey can 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 you sleep over? And we're like, not yet, but maybe a little bit, buddy. And then, hey, next day they had a sleepover. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so how was the baby once the baby was born? Um, I got to hold him on my chest briefly, but I had like all this monitoring on me. So I didn't get to do skin to skin, which was weird. I was kind of like upset about that. But then they were like, you can hold him for like a minute. And then they took him away to the Aww. NICU. Must have been hard. Um, he was born at 4 a.m. So. He what? was? Okay. He was born at 4 a.m. And then I didn't get to see him again till 6. Well, I saw him at 3, but then I didn't really get, I didn't get to hold him till 6 p.m. That, that day. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. That's a long period of time. And so did they, I know in the hospitals we work in, you know, we're really encouraging the labor, labor and delivery nurses if you're separated from your baby to get that breast pump. Um, ideally within the first hour, but at least within four hours. Do you remember? I don't, and I should. No. Um, I think I went, so I was really worried that I didn't get the golden hour because I had the golden hour with my first, and I was like, well, you know, I didn't really get that this time around. And he didn't yeah. get to latch. And the golden um, hour is when a baby is on your chest for the first hour of life doing skin to skin. It stabilizes heart rate and respiratory rate and uh, body temperature and is a great way to initiate breastfeeding. So um, you had that with your first. But if one or both of you are not stable, um, we try and reconnect you when we can just so people know what the golden hour is. Yeah, so... 
you know, I just kept telling myself he's where he needs to be right now, which was in the hospital with the people that were with all the nurses and he needed the monitoring. So, yes. Um, and they had him on kind of oxygen breathing CPAP machine. Which um, is scary when you see your baby with that equipment on. It was. Yeah. And then when I finally got down to see him, he had an event, which he like turned purple for a second and then they like increased it. I was like, ah, and then he was fine. And that was actually the only one, the whole NICU stay. So it was really. So he he let you witness that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Thanks, buddy. Oh my goodness. Um, So how long was he in the NICU? uh, For 22 days. Wow. It's a long time. So you're asking about pumping. I actually remember um, hand expressing first. Great. And I think I tried actually, I had, so like in my frantic rush to just randomly pack stuff, um, I had thrown a hand pump in the bag and I tried using that, but it wasn't doing much. And I just, I just was, I think I hand expressed for like, Maybe the first few times. Okay. I tried. Eventually, they brought me in a Medela Symphony pump. Great. And I use that. Okay, good. Well, smart move on your part. But when I first was trying to, like, get the cholesterol out and all that, uh-huh. like, when I, when you put a, when I was putting a flange on, I was, it was, like, getting stuck on the pump part. So I was just, like you know what, I'm going to hand express and just collect what comes out, like, and yeah. then I have, like, less. You're absolutely <laughs> less, right. Less it. Yeah, it's so difficult to collect colostrum with the breast pump. The hand expression is so much easier to do that. You can syringe it or you do it onto a spoon or into a cup. Um, you're able to collect much more. Uh, so you're smart. And you were so, yeah, experienced, I, which which helped you, I'm sure. Yeah, that helped because I was I was I was just like, you know what, the pump isn't doing it, so I just. <laughs> but then eventually I switched to the pump. Um, so did, I rem- did your supply increase in the hospital, or was it after you were discharged from the hospital? It did increase. Okay. Um. I and once I think I, I think I mostly hand expressed for the colostrum and once and then I had started trying the pump but I let myself get some sleep first because I was just too tired and I just my brain wasn't working and so I I think I got like a good stretch maybe four hours and then I tried it again and I was like okay like I can yeah figure out this because the I had never used the Medela Symphony pump so I was like wait how does this thing go together Right. And, you you know, we can come in and give you the quick spiel, but it's overwhelming uh, to many people and they may not remember all of it. Um, yeah. And, you know, getting that four hour spurt of sleep, nothing wrong with that. We have to recover. Um, I try to set up a pumping plan that gives the families four hours of sleep um, just so they can function a little better. So often they're told, oh, pump every two to three hours. Well, Two out every two is really not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I remember beating myself up for not pumping enough the first few days, and I eventually was just like between like I was like sleep, see the baby, pump, eat, drink water. Like, how do you fit all of this in? Right. 
And I was just like, I felt like I was just like, pick, pick what, pick a few. Like, you can't do it all. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And so you went home and so you were using the hospital grade pump at home. And what were you using um, once you got home? Well, actually, before we moved to getting home, I I do want to say, like, I did work with the lactation consultant at the hospital to, like, get the pump and, like, get a quick lesson on how to use it. That helped. And then I happened to just throw a pumping bra in my bag. And... Of all things, who knew? (laughs) Well, it's funny because it was a bra that my friend gave me to sell and I just never sold it. And I just had it with like my pumping supplies and I, that I just grabbed when I ran out the door and that ended up being a saving grace in the hospital. Cause now I think back, I did pump a lot in the hospital and I just mm-hmm. lived in that bra and yeah. I didn't, I didn't even take it off. I just like walked around with it all the time. Yeah. There, that's, a, it's a saving grace for people who are, you know, re- are pump dependent to keep up their milk production. Awesome. Yeah. So then once home, did you use your pump from insurance or did they encourage you to rent a pump? They, so because he was born before 34 weeks, I was able to rent the Medela um, and take that home. And then they also set me one, set me up with one in the NICU too. Great. Um, and they gave me pump parts. Um, they gave me like a, I got like two sets. So I had one for the NICU and one for at home. Good, good. And in the NICU, were you pumping bedside right next to the baby? Or did they have a special pumping room? They had a special pumping room, but I pumped bedside because yeah. I didn't, I was just like, why would, why would I be away from my baby if I'm actually here in the NICU? Like, <laughs> Good point, Erin. Uh, yeah, that's what I always say. Like, bring them in. Uh, bring those pumps right at bedside. And really, when you're with your baby, the hormones are better uh, just being in their presence. And moms tend to pump a little more milk when they're doing that bedside. So uh, I actually, once my milk started coming in, I would, I did skin... They would only let me hold him once a day because he was on like IVs and the machines and it was, he was kind of, um, fragile, fragile. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. He was fragile. So they were like, you can only hold him once a day. And so when I did hold him, I held him and did skin to skin. Good for you. Um, and then I think the second or third day I held, held him and used the haka on the one side while I was holding him. Great. Um, and that like, I, that actually helped. Like I was able to get a decent amount that way. Well, and we're then, finding so then, many alternative uses for the haka besides just collecting extra milk while the baby's feeding on the one side. And people really respond to that well. And we're even, um, people are using it for antenatal expressions that get milk before the baby is born. So oh, wow. we're finding it very helpful and that's a great use of it. Yeah. And then, um, cause I was so engorged at the hospital too. And I was just like, ah, and then I got, I got the Haka gave me a break from pumping. Cause it's not like as un, kind of uncomfortable. So I would just pop the Haka on whenever I needed like a little bit of relief. And yeah. I was like I'm telling my body to make more milk. So let's, what's the harm here? Yeah. It's just, a, and it's just, it's a simple tool. You know, there's not, there's one part You You don't have to plug it into the wall. And, you know, I I love it. It's a great, great product. And then there's the Haka Ladybug there, Mm -hmm. which is like round and like you're not because 
I more than once popped the haka off and was like, ah, and it spilled some milk on myself. So the I'm really liking the ladybug this time because it's like harder to pop off. Right. So you wear the ladybug inside your bra. Um, well, it, it, for me, it actually suctions like the regular haka. Oh, and so you use it without the bra. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. I actually use it on the other side when I nurse occasionally, like at night if I'm... So my body... I don't know if it's because I pump, but my body was like trained to release milk for both at the same time because I was always pumping. So the well, other side's always everybody's leaking. does that. So yeah. you know the the letdown is oxytocin release, and the your body doesn't know which side the baby's on really, and so milk goes. That's why we leak from the other side, and that's yeah. why the haka is so brilliant. It takes advantage of that hormonal release to collect some extra milk. Awesome. So yeah. you used a variety of things and like. So when I got home, one of my challenges and I found that I like didn't want to pump because I was like, didn't want to clean the pump parts. I was like too tired to clean the pump parts. Yeah. And then the sanitizing I got, they gave me the Manila microwave bag. Um, so the Medela so microwave I, bags, you put half yeah. of your kit in there with two ounces of water, microwave it for two minutes and it sterilized them, but you still have to wash them first. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Um, and that worked great when I was in the NICU and they gave me a tub that you'd wash them, microwave it. And then I just always leave that set there. So I, perfect. Um, I didn't do that at first. And then they were like, wait, let's, let's give you a set. Cause I was like, Oh, I forgot my parts. I can't pump. And they're like, we'll give you a set. I was like, okay. Yeah, the set to keep there is ideal because you forget pieces and all of that stuff. So that that's ideal to have a set in the NICU, especially when you have this extended stay. Yeah. And how was the so, uh, baby doing during the time there? Oh, uh, sorry. Let me go back real quick. Okay, so, um, sorry. The, well, the washing, I realized that that was like a barrier to me, like successfully pumping. And I needed something to make this easier um, and the sanitizing. So... Someone actually posted a sanitizer on Pay It Forward. And so I was like, oh, yes, please. I'd love that. So I got a countertop sanitizer so I could okay. fit multiple sets of pump parts in there. That's great. And then um, I also put a call out, too, to the local moms group. Like, hey, does anyone have any extra Medela flanges and sets that I could have? And I managed to gather nine sets total. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> And so I got it to the point where I had a great system down. So I, so I could just wash all nine sets or yeah, wash all nine sets at night, sanitize them and then wake up. And then I would take three sets to bed because I would pump immediately when I went to bed. Um, and then a middle of the night, usually about like four hours into the night. Yeah. And then when I first woke up, um, wow. And one thing I didn't do, but I, if I was close to, and I kind of wish I had was get like a mini fridge in my bedroom. Yep. Just to toss in. <laughs> I was just about to say, what did you do with the milk? <laughs> that was um, my next question. Often I would send my, take my, tell my husband like, Hey, go put this in the fridge. But, um, for the middle of the night pump, I just got a cooler bag with ice and just kept it by the bed Perfect. and I would put you, the milk in there. You are genius, Erin. All of your little tricks that you did to make it work. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was a lot of figuring it out. But once I got that many pump parts, the, the excuse of I don't want to wash them, like, got a lot easier. And then I also 
um, asked my husband to wash them too. So sometimes I would, some days he would get to it and he was, we came up with the system. If they were on the left of the sink in this certain bin, they were dirty and needed to be washed. And if he saw them and had time to do it, he would wash and sanitize. And so, and then on the right was a drying rack. Wow. That's a lot, but yeah. Because I know just the regular everyday dishes is too much. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, uh, so you use the hospital grade pump. Did they allow you to have that for a month or longer? Hmm. So when I got home or right about when I got home, the paperwork didn't have a date as to how long I could keep it for. So I called my insurance and they like, didn't know they couldn't give me an answer. So then I emailed the company that rented it to me and they said I could keep it till April 10th. And then about a week after he'd been home, they emailed me and said, you need, you need to return this. You were supposed to return it the day he got out of the hospital. I was just going to say, I thought the rule was a discharge. And I was like, so I sent them a copy of the email and I was like, you guys said that I could yeah um have this so apparently there's a way for them to extend it so you could have it for three months post discharge they just had to submit a form oh okay well that's good to um, know so what did you yeah. start using after you had to return the symphony um so actually while i was in the hospital driving to and from the hospital because i didn't well in retrospect i probably could have plugged the symphony into my car but i didn't figure that out yeah. <laughs> at the time um but I, so what the day, actually the day he was born, I bought a mom cozy S12 pro okay. from Amazon. And I had been eyeing it. Like I was like, I want this, but I can't justify this. And then when he was born early, I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's see. Let's throw money at this problem right now. Yeah. So. so the mom cozy is a wearable breast pump, correct? Yeah. So it's like a cop um, and there's a motor on the top. And you can just stick it in your bra. Um, and how so much do they cost? That About, I think, $120. Oh, not too bad. And the other way to, like, test out a wearable is you can buy just one because there's it's the cup and the motor. Mm-hmm. So you could so it could just you could start by just buying the one for, like, 50 And see if um, it works for you. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Two. Or you could get two, you know. Yeah, um, but you can't return them, and that's the thing that we're finding. Uh, so Amazon has the option to let you return them. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I'm going to look into that. See, I learned something. I didn't something. actually, but I thought about returning it at one point, and then I got used to it. Okay, so it took a while for you to figure out your way? Yeah, I mean, eventually, it was, you know, like any pump, like when you get it, it's a lot of parts, and you're like how does this work? And then eventually I got kind of more comfortable with it as I started using it. Um, I like that it has like silicone inside the cup. So it actually feels pretty comfortable versus like a hard plastic flange, but okay. that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Um, so you never, you have, it's trial and error to some extent. <laughs> it really is. And that's what people, you know, contact us all the time to ask us which breast pump is the best. And like, it, you can't answer that. It's so individual. So you used um, the Symphony, the um, Haka, the Ladybugs, and Mom Cozy so far. Did you use any other, like, plug-in pump? Uh, So at one point I tried plugged in the Spectra that someone 
that I had like my old Spectre and tried it and I didn't get much and I was like I'm so confused so (laughs) I haven't tried that one since but I I might because I want to see if you know when I have to return the Medela yeah well I Um, wonder like you know if you start with something does that work better for you or does switching cause a problem but of course then there's the other big question the breast shield size so did you have any like crazy experience trying to figure out which was the best size for you or did you fit right into the standard no so actually when I was in the NICU um or when Logan was in the NICU he I actually scheduled an appointment with a lactation consultant um and was sized mm-hmm. and we sat there and tried on different ones and I felt weird to schedule an appointment and not bring the baby to a visit but <laughs> It actually ended up being so helpful because, you know, she helped me, one, just in- increase my confidence with pumping that I, like, and I felt more comfortable afterwards. And then we also, like, did size testing and fi- figured out, like, okay, you're this size. All right, let's see which one feels more comfortable. Yeah, and that's, that helped. that's why we had, we decided to create this type of visit where <laughs> we lay out all 15 options <laughs> and kind of figure things out because it's a little overwhelming. So what's, yeah. what size were you? Tell, tell everyone out there. Um, so I'm a 16 and a 17. Okay. I think, I don't know though, because we did the size fit and then I bought some on Amazon and I've since tried it and they actually don't fit my breasts very well. So it's not that comfortable for me. And since then I've noticed <clears throat> that my nipples swell in size right. um, when my letdown happens. So I'm not actually sure that's my size right now. Okay. So are you using the 24s? I went back to the 24s because it didn't seem to make a difference. Okay. Like, okay. It did. For It did in the NICU and then now it hasn't. So I don't know. Well, I often say that to people too, like what we size you as now in months gone by, you might have to switch. And I've seen people even go up to like, I need a 36 now when they're nine months out (laughs) pumping at work. Um, So yeah, your body changes. I mean, it's not normal to have your nipple yanked into plastic things. So it's gotta be stretching something out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it feels like it got bigger. And so actually I should probably size myself again because now so you asked about more pumps so then I had a Bella baby from my last child um and so I was using that sometimes too because mom cozy was dead one time and I had the Bella baby with me so I actually hacked it to just connect into the mom cozy cups Mm. I pretty much discovered anything with like tubing and if there's a way to connect it to you can pretty much connect it to cups if there's a, you can connect, mix and match these pumps a bit. Yeah. They always say, you know, the companies are always like, but we are not, you know, uh, you can't blame us if anything goes wrong. If you're not using our pump parts. Um, yeah, that's great. And so is the Bella baby, um, is that one wearable or no? That's like, it's like a little handheld one. Um, is it chargeable? That, yeah. Okay. And you can walk around with it. I okay. used it a lot in my for my first with uh Spectra cups. Yes. Um cups seem to work better for me than flanges, but 
Okay. The flanges worked in the NICU, so I was like, this is working. I'm just going to do try to do most of my pumps with this, but if I'm on the go, let's try the mom cozy. Yeah. And, and they, so they both worked for me then, so. Besides the hospital grade one, did, they, did you also get a uh, multiple user pump for home? Yeah, so I, I bought the Medela hands-free. Oh, the freestyle? Um, yeah, is... it's the freestyle with that comes with cups. Oh, yes, yes. I think that has a different name now. They keep coming it's, up it's... with new products. I can't keep up. It's called the Medela hands-free. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay, great. And, and the, it did you have to do a copay with that or... Did that come? Yeah, I had to pay an upgrade fee, and okay. it was kind of pricey. I'm still not sold that, like that I love it, but it works. Okay. Um, I'm still like doing trial and error. There's different things that I like about each one of them. Um, I'm just gonna jump back to the NICU real quick because I sure. just had thought of one other thing that was really helpful. Um, I used an app called Parent Love oh, to good. keep track of how much I was pumping. Um, and I. At first, I wasn't, you know, getting a lot, but it kept increasing. And then some days it wouldn't increase, but generally on trend, it kept increasing to the point where I got to about 30 ounces and I knew I didn't want an oversupply. So I just kind of made sure to keep around that 30 ounces Perfect. a day. Yeah, we, we see that happen all the time when you're exclusively pumping and your baby's in the NICU. We see this crazy oversupply build for some people and it's hard to bring it back. So that was smart to kind of keep it at that 30. Because I'm sure yeah. he wasn't eating as much as you were pumping. And so that's the other thing that sometimes happens is the parents are like, I have all this extra, I can slow down on pumping, but they haven't met that... 30 ounce mark, which, you know, is what we're looking for later, uh, to have for the full day. So with your yeah. past experience and did, did like the NICU help you with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. They, well, at one point they were like, you're bringing in too much milk. We, you need to keep some at home. So at some point, so I was really nervous about like getting my supply up until at one point I surpassed what he was taking a day because yeah. his stomach's not that small. And so then once that happened, eventually they were like, you should, you should keep some at home. And I was even nervous to like even hit that 30 mark, but I was like, I don't, I need, I have only have so much time in the day. So like, I didn't want to spend more time than I needed to, to pump. Right. So that's why I did the research and figured out between 24 to 36 ounces. So I was just like, okay, I just picked a number and I was like, 30 sounds good. Right. That's in the top end of the range. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And that helps people like me when I hear this, these stories is that I'll go to the NICU settings in the hospitals that we work and be like, that could be part of the education for the staff, like give them goals or to put in the handout of, of, you know, how much you're looking for and not to go to 60 and not, you know, start so, doing less. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone told me to pump eight to 12 times a day. How and, many but the, did you no do? one told me how much I needed to be pumping. And I knew from having my son in daycare that you only need to pump the amount that you're replacing. Right. Um, and I, I'm fortunate 
that I was actually able to pump 30 ounces with five to six pumps a day. I wasn't making the eight pumps a day and I was starting to beat myself up on it. Um, yeah, it all depends on what you're getting out. 30. It's enough. Good enough. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I try to tell that to parents, like, you know, if you're, we have to see how much you're taking or how much you're getting during your pumping session. So the, the need to track it is important and we, we may be able to cut back or we might have to add more, but you know, I always encourage them to start with eight. Oh, good. Logan's joining us for the podcast. (laughs) Oh, Logan, it's okay. So he's so handsome. So Logan is now almost eight weeks old. He was in the NICU for 22 days and I'm giving you this recap while Aaron latches Logan <laughs> to the breast. Um, so once he gets discharged, well, first of all, let me ask, were you able to practice breastfeeding before he was discharged from the NICU? I I was, but so for the first week he was connected to machines and I couldn't try. Right. Um, but then after that I tried. And the first time he didn't transfer anything and it was pretty discouraging. I was so worried at the time. Yeah. Um, and all the nurses and doctors kept telling me like, no one leaves the NICU exclusively breastfeeding. And I was just like, Oh no, I was so worried. Oh, Um, (laughs) that made you feel bad. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that they say they should say it in a way like you're, you're still going to have to practice, you know, some more once you get home. Um, but that's such a difficult transition. It's hard enough pumping to maintain your milk supply, but then the baby comes home and you have to feed them too and pump and practice breastfeeding. But they did say like, oh, at some point it's going to click for him for the bottle feeding and for the nursing, but he's not that weak. He would be very, he would wear out pretty easily because he's, you know, he's a preemie. Um, so they said, you know, often when they get closer to their due date, they can like figure it out. And I, at the time I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, why can't we just nurse like we did the last one? Like, why are you making this so hard? Yeah. Um, so I just kept every day I would, that I, I think, yeah, every day I offered the breast um, and we'd try, we did weighted feeds in the NICU. But unfortunately now everybody knows how it ends because <laughs> yeah. Logan came. We did a spoiler. We should have said spoiler <laughs> alert before I said that. Um, so you would try like once a day or twice a day before your pumping sessions or before his feeding sessions. Yeah. Um, so I tried and he didn't, wasn't transferring much. He only transferred a total of like two to 12 milliliters in the NICU ever. So I was pretty discouraged when he came home. I was yeah. worried that I was going to have to exclusively pump yeah. like forever. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of worn out from mostly just the drive back and forth and pumping and, you know, just everything. And a three-year-old. You have a three-year-old. Yeah. And a three-year-old too. <laughs> They're exhausting in themselves. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for daycare though. He just went to daycare every day. Oh, so. that's good. So when did you start to notice that Maybe he was doing a little better at the breast. Um, so once we got home, we were able to practice more. Um, so I started by kind of offering three times a day. Mm-hmm. I would, and then when I got home, I was triple feeding. So I would, for some of the 
feeds. I would offer the breast because um, I he was about on a three-hour schedule. So sometimes I'd offer the breast, then pump, then offer the bottle. Or if my husband was home, he'd heat up some milk from the fridge and offered the bottle while I pumped. Yeah. And then other times I managed to pump before he got hungry. Right. And so I had a fresh bottle there. Right. And I could just top it off and offer that. Yeah. Trying to sink the practice sessions when your breasts are full and you haven't emptied them is a bit of a nightmare. So I know, you know, you, you have to pick the perfect time. And, you know, when the baby's not starving and alert and all that kind of... How was he when you first brought him home, you know, uh, alert-wise? Was he t- giving you appropriate feeding cues or was he still super sleepy? He was very sleepy. Um, sometimes, yeah, like it was it was hard because I was like, do I wake him? And I know I knew I kind of needed to wake him to make sure we got the feeds in. Um but How- he would actually nurse better if I kind of let him waited till the cues happened. So so he fed better when he decided he was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Um, how was he with bottle feeding? Um they Yeah. Um he was great at bottle feeding and still is. And that's been the difference between him him and my first. Like he could just go back and forth. My first, like bottle fed reluctantly in daycare <laughs> that was about it <laughs> oh those are those ones are so tough because you you don't need that anxiety when you're in at work wondering if your yeah. child's eating appropriately that just puts a little extra stressor on you well you so know, that's one silver lining um yeah he can do of having a baby in the NICU he's very comfortable with bottles oh the other thing they did in the NICU is they gave him a pacifier and with my first I was like pretty against pacifiers because I was worried about bottle preference yeah um but NICU babies it actually helps for them to learn the suck swallow motion and build up those muscles because they're not able to do it and also you're not there so they can't go to you for comfort and I, I try to stress to parents I'm like pacifiers are necessary in the NICU setting. You can't be away from your baby and not let them suck for comfort, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think one of the more common stories we hear is the baby getting accustomed to the fast flow of the bottle, um, the instant gratification and, you know, doing that transition to the breast is one of the more difficult steps. Do you remember, um, like how long it took you to transition him to, to the breast where he was doing it well? Uh, three weeks. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And one day I looked up and I was like, I didn't pump today. So (laughs) I was like, oh, I guess we got there. Yeah. So you nursed him and just judged by his behavior, whether he needed a supplement and all of that kind of good stuff. Yeah. So at first I was always offering the breast and then topping it off. And I did that for like three feeds a day. And then I would get nervous that he didn't get enough. So I would do the next few feeds of just bottles. Okay. And then eventually... And so I had a couple of lactation visits too to like help guide me through this process. And that helped. Yeah. Um, one, one of them was virtual. A few of them were in person. Well, more than one was virtual, but yeah. Um, and so they recapped the kind of cues I should look for. So 
after nursing, you know, were his fists still tight or did he seem relaxed? Um, when I was burping him and I put him up between my breasts, was he still rooting around? Right. Um, and all based on those cues is when I decided if he needed to top off a bottle or not. And eventually he, there were some feeds where he didn't. And I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe we're getting there. So that's when I went back and met with a lactation consultant and did a weighted feed. And I learned that he, he was, he was transferring four ounces. So oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So I then mean, I felt comfortable not always topping off of the bottle, but there were times I was like shoving the bottle at him when he probably didn't need it. Well, yeah, you know, how are you supposed to know? And I, I've had people, um, I've had like NICU um, nurses not um, like doing um, the, oh, oh, here comes. My three-year-old wants to say hi. <laughs> He's welcome to say hello. What's his name? Hi. Hey. Okay. Hey, mommy. Who is daddy, buddy? Come on, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um. I lost my concentration. Oh, that's, I think people try to do this on their own and it's like such a mystery of how much the baby took in. And it, you know, if the, if the baby's sleepy and not giving you effective feeding cues, you're, you're trying to do that automatic bottle just to be on the safe side because you don't want anything bad to happen to your yeah. baby. Um, and knowing when to stop that. So I'm glad you kept coming in for visits to determine the intake and know when you can make that transition. And I think that's so important. Yeah. So even, and then I got to a point where I was doing like three feeds, just complete nursing, but I was still nervous yeah. about, you know, if he was getting enough. So I would just like flip flop and do the next four bottle fed. <laughs> and then eventually my confidence grew and I like slowly switched over and weaned to where, um, you know, it was either where well, we are just nursing. Yeah. Um, and and you, then I was like trying to find time to figure out like, wait, how did I ever have time to pump? Right. <laughs> it like flip flops. Yeah. I usually um, suggest like maybe do every other feeding for a while, you know, one bottle, the next one breast, the one bottle, the next one breast, um, you know, and then gradually start to decrease the bottles um and come in for weight checks to be sure the intake is going or you know the weight gain is good look at him there yeah and then my pediatrician had me come in too for weight checks too so good good any other words of advice for parents who may be going through a similar thing um use your resources so like I mentioned a few times I saw the lactation consultant hospital. I saw a lactation consultant that specializes in pump sizing outside of the hospital because in the hospital, they didn't seem to know how to do that. Um, I saw one virtually. I even went to the BRC support group without my baby when he was in the NICU <laughs> to kind of just ask questions. I felt very weird walking in the room like, hi, I'm here. I have a newborn, but he's, he's in the NICU. They're like, welcome, come. So yes, we don't care. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so just tough. like reach out, get as much support as you can. Don't be scared to ask for help. Cause I don't, I don't know if I would have gotten here without that. Oh, and then finally I joined a Facebook support group for breastfeeding NICU moms too. And it really helped to read their stories and how they approached it. And That's great. Yeah, one of the things we have community counselors and have 
if we have a counselor who has had that experience, we try to link you guys together so you have some peer support um, because that's invaluable. Uh, if, if people have experienced it, it just helps to be within that group and to talk about it. Also, well, Erin, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You gave us such a great insight on what it's like to have an pre unexpected premature baby and your pumping journey and your transition to breast. So I, I appreciate all of your time. Yeah, it was, it's, it was hard, but we made it. So. <laughs> you did. Congratulations. Oh, one other thing. Sorry. Yeah, um, okay. He had a tongue tie. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, and he still does, um, that they clipped in the hospital, but it's still, we're still using a nipple shield. Um, okay. And that, with Nikki babies, is actually even more helpful. Yep. Um, because they're used to the bottle, so the nipple shield feels more like the bottle, and their mouths are so small, and it's hard to get a good latch, too. Yeah, we use them a lot in the NICU setting. They just, they don't have the fat pads in the cheeks that helps them grasp the breast. And so those nipple shields with the firmer silicone nipple, um, anyone who doesn't know, nipple shields are placed over your own nipple and it gives them a little something to grab onto. So we've had a lot of success. Well, if you struggle with weaning from the shield, come on back in. <laughs> <laughs> so and, we're actually going to get the tie clipped again next week. So. Okay. Um, are you going to an ENT or a dentist? Uh, we're going to Dr. Bond. Okay. Going to the dentist then. Um, so that, that will be done by laser if he feels it's still necessary. Um, yep. Yeah. And to, and to know that I've worked with families that either the baby refuses to come off the shield but you might need to change the shield size if you can't wean from it. So sometimes if you start at a certain size, you might need a little bigger one down the line. Just a, a warning. Good to know. Good to know, right? Yeah, we've started to try to wean from it, actually. But um, I have lipstick nipple when I don't use the shield. Mm. So we'll see if that's maybe... why I was like, hmm, there's still a tie. Is what... <laughs> yeah, well, let's... Hopefully Dr. Bond can take care of that and yeah. uh, you guys will be uh, come back in post phrenotomy and uh, don't forget to do all the exercises. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us, Erin. Um, this is Colette and this is another edition of Feeding Frenzy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Feeding Frenzy. The BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.